Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, more fallout from the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago. Number two, a look back at Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's leadership over the past 19 months. And number three, the latest in Tuesday's primary results. All right, Jake, let's get into it. Uh, The drama over the FBI raid, what it means, what Republicans are doing in the midst of it, plus uh, the fact that FBI agents seized the phone of Representative Scott Perry on Tuesday, the Pennsylvania Republican, who is a close ally of the former president's. Uh, There is just a swirl of news when it comes to trying to understand what exactly the Department of Justice is trying to do. And then, of course, the Republican uh, reaction to all of that. Uh, it's, It's been pretty uh, an amazing week so far. You know, I could tell you this, and I think everybody should take a moment here and pause because none of us, I mean, I, I trust the reporting of uh, of the, the reporters who are reporting about why the FBI is going after Trump. It's apparently there's some classified information that he's taken that the department has been quite worried about, and I, I, I believe that. But here's what I could tell you for sure. We have no idea what's going on here. <laughs> like, we just don't. I mean, we could we could surmise, we could say everything we want to say, but, like, we don't know. The FBI, like, uh, raiding a former president's or, or ex- executing a search warrant. I know everyone's worked up about using the word raid, which is, <laughs> as we point out, accurate, but... Uh, Executing a search warrant against a president, seizing the cell phone of a sitting member of Congress, these are decisions that would have had to go pretty goddamn high in the Justice Department. There's a lot of tripwires here. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of safeguards here, you would have to assume. And um, uh, it's just, it's incredibly high wire what the Justice Department is trying to do. And you have to assume they have a good reason behind it. I, I mean, the, but the question to me, Anna, uh, the political question, and it's more than a political question, I would say, is the Justice Department, it's amazing that the FBI, the Justice Department has not said anything about what they're up to here. I mean, they've taken massively drastic steps that we don't have, you know, and they haven't said anything about it. So it, it leaves this vacuum, so to speak, here. Uh, and Mitch McConnell, the Senate minority leader who would, wouldn't mind seeing Trump, you know, disappear from the political stage, said the country deserves a thorough and immediate explanation of what led, what led to the events on Monday. Merrick Garland, the attorney general, and the Department of Justice should have already provided answers to the American people and must do so immediately. I don't know, Anna. What do you? What say you on these issues of the day? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we're in strange times. That is for sure. I, I think you make an important point, which is there's a lot of people who are rushing to judgment here and publicly coming out uh, really forcefully against the FBI and the you know kind of calling it that it's been much more politicized. 
Um, I think, first of all, to your point, we don't know what's happening, right? There's been such little information uh, in terms of what the officials are actually after, what they're doing, and what is filling the void, of course, as it often is, is the kind of political hyperbole of, of people kind of stepping into that void that are upset. I, I do think, I mean, to your point, that I mean, it is, this is a pretty, it's unprecedented, this close to an election, a former president. Um, I, I think the, the bigger thing that, um, you know, we say in the morning newsletter, which is true, right? This is huge blockbuster news, but we don't know what this means for Trump's approval ratings. Oh, zero. We don't know how it plays out. I mean, I, I Twitter and, and where a lot of us live in the day-to-day kind of muck of politics is not where the vast majority of Americans are are, are finding their news or are, are in, in, you know, interacting with their news. So do you mean like when I tweet these Grateful Dead links that people like these are not going <laughs> to like hundreds of millions of people who want to hear about my Grateful Dead habit? I, I I think that there's a slight chance that you're hitting a few a uh, few less people. Are than you that saying? Day, yes. Are you saying that my tweets are narrow cast to like a couple thousand people who are interested in the topics I'm interested in? I mean, uh, I'm just it's just something to put out there. Uh, okay. Uh, I, yeah. Listen. I I I think um, as we noted yesterday, this is going to be a huge focus of the. Um, of the if a Republicans take the majority in in November, this is going to be a huge uh, focus of theirs. I just want to say one other thing, Anna, and um, I want to stick this in between the the number one and number two stories of the day. We are going to the Austin for the Texas Tribune Festival. Super excited! September twenty second to twenty fourth in Austin, we'll have a tent on Open Congress. That is the kind of the open air. Uh, uh, portion of the of the festival on Congress Avenue right in the middle of Austin you and I are going to interview Adam Schiff I am sitting down with Morgan Luttrell Monica De La Cruz and Wesley Hunt Heather Cagle will interview Greg Kassar and Jasmine Crockett uh, Democratic candidates for Congress I am doing a talk with Susan Glasser and Peter Baker which is very I cannot wait about their new book The Divider and Excuse me, Anna, you are going to sit down with Ron Nirenberg, mayor of San Antonio, and Houston mayor, Sylvester Turner. So please click on the link in Punchbowl News this morning to express your interest in all things Punchbowl News at one of our favorite festivals of the year, the Texas Tribune Festival. We got a lot of tricks up our sleeve beyond just what's happening on the on stage. We're going to be doing a lot of activations throughout the day. Uh, so really looking forward to bringing Punchbowl News down to Texas for the first time. Yeehaw. <laughs> Let's move on to that number two story of the morning. Uh, really interesting look into what is on Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's mind 19 months into what has certainly been a uh, a period of leadership with high highs and low lows for uh, Mr. Schumer, certainly right now riding a high, but it has been uh, a twisty path to get there as we review in this morning's newsletter. Yeah, um, I uh, we sat down, myself, Brez, and Max, with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer in his office in the Capitol yesterday for a while and talked about... Um, Some of his reflections over the last 19 months, I mean, a lot of highs, a lot of lows between him, Manchin, and Kirsten Sinema. Uh, And um, I have a few observations, Anna. I mean, he was really, what what we talked about, the three of us, myself, Max, and Brez, um, 
was how he bounced back. I mean, if you think back to December, I mean, he had a mansion and, and had a blow up with Biden. Uh, then Manchin and I mean, just, was, just wait, just remember, it was like the end of the Democratic agenda. I mean, we yes. wrote a lot of, of newsletter tops about how this was, you know, the, the Biden administration come, agenda coming to a screeching halt, right? I mean, it was kind of, everybody had kind of written, it, written him and the rest of the Senate Democrats off. It was right at that moment, um, but but uh, no one could really see uh, uh, no one could really see this coming back together, especially after they kind of uh, uh, whiffed on voting rights, on eliminating the filibuster to enact voting legislation. Um, uh, the I, I I you know what Schumer said is I mean he brings this up. He brings up a story about his father, who who died uh, a couple months ago at ninety eight. Uh, his father Abe, who says, who said basically that if you do the if you do the right things for the right reasons, God re- will reward you. I mean, that's kind of a that. I mean, he has his persistence here. Schumer's persistence here has has led to a whole host of amazing. Um, uh, I mean, it's just been I'm not passing judgment on the policy, good, bad or indifferent, but I mean, just an amazingly effective uh, few months for him. And I, I really suggest you look at the newsletter this morning for our our rundown of kind of the backstory of Chuck Schumer and how he thinks and 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 his his whole uh, uh, thinking as he um, as he pushed through this agenda. Yeah, I think the other thing that I just wanted, uh, kind of in in reading through it this morning and and having sat down with him before, um, you know, kind of thinking through what's on his mind now, I think is also super interesting. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, the congressional session's about to wrap up. He's got government funding on his agenda, potentially same-sex marriage legislation, and then his own re-election. But Schumer's predicting right now, and I think this is worth kind of thinking about how... I don't think he says things like this, um, you know, w- without some real kind of belief in it, which he says he thinks Democrats will pick up seats this cycle. He said in the battleground states, voters say they are fa- they favor a Democratic Senate by five points. And that number ticked up two points after the Dobbs decision. Um, certainly going to be interesting to see if uh, his prediction holds there. Um, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. Our own Max Cohen, of course, uh, covers all things politics for us and how uh, kind of, you know, what's happening in these key primary states. Yesterday, voters went to the polls in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Vermont and Connecticut. There are a lot of top takeaways here. Um, you know, I, I'm always very interested in what's happening on the women elected leader front. Super interesting. Uh, Vermont's finally going to be sending its first a uh, woman to Congress. It's the only state that has not elected a woman to represent it in Congress, Jake. Uh, state Senator Becca Bellant is on track to become Vermont's first female member of Congress. Yeah, uh, the only state that has not had a female member of Congress, which is very interesting. Um, also interesting, uh, Tim Michaels beat out Rebecca Cleefish in Wisconsin. That is the Trump winning over Pence, who Pence endorsed Cleefish in uh, Wisconsin. And uh, uh that is fascinating for a whole host of reasons, but um, will set the tone for the the down ballot races as well in Wisconsin. And just of note for us, um, Brad Finstad um, a has won the Minnesota first congressional district that was left open 
After the death of Jim Hagedorn, former member of Congress who passed away um, from cancer. Uh, so he'll be presumably in the House in the next couple of days. All right. With that, thanks so much for listening. Please leave us a rating and review. Share the Daily Punch. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also subscribe to our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.